Right on time, right at the bottom of the hour, 4.30 on a Thursday afternoon sports huddle, 1061 ESPN, home of the John Kime Report podcast on Sunday mornings. And you can catch it everywhere you get your podcasts as well. And you can also catch John regularly with us here on the Sports Huddle. And this is one of those times he joins us on what is otherwise a day off for the Washington Commanders, but not for our guy. John is hard at work again this afternoon and spending some of that time with us. Hello, John. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Hope you get a chance to catch your breath a little bit today. I know you've been yeah. churning out information because we've been talking about it in the first half hour or so. you got these joint practices in the books now, John. A yeah. couple days of it behind us. Where do you think that was of most value? We all think these are valuable to the teams that, that do them. Where do you think these two days were most valuable for the commanders? So I think for the offense, it was very valuable. <clears throat> and it was another way, it's another chance to evaluate Sam Howell, the offensive line, you know, it's it, it, defensively. I mean, they know what they have in their defensive line. They really like their secondary. They, I think, there's some. You know, they have to get better play at linebacker, but I think they have a better feel for where they're at there because it's the same group largely since last year and in the same system, et cetera. But because the offense is so new under new coordinator at the enemy, new quarterback Sam Howell, revamped offensive line. There's just more to learn there. So I think. Like that's where I would start with them, and I think Sam Howell did a nice job up there. It wasn't, I mean, never perfect, and it's you know, it's hard to sit here and say, oh, he was great or he's this or that. He had he had a lot of good plays, and there were some plays where you say, okay, this is the learning curve. This is an experience thing. Sometimes the timing on some of the red zone throws, more about like there it is, trust it, throw it, right? And so there's some of that. Um, for him, but I think there are a lot of good plays where he handled situations well. Um, they like his presence in the huddle. You saw more of that, I think, because there were some of those fights up there, and they felt like he was a calming voice for some of the guys in the huddle after all that stuff. So I think there was a good thing for him, uh, without a doubt. And then, you know, the line, I'd say it was kind of mixed. That's what it's been, and I think that's what we're going to get. So that, but I think with Howell, I think you're able to learn. Maybe I don't even know if it's so much learning as maybe confirming what they hope to see from him. How about the skilled guys around him, John? Either behind him in the backfield or <clears throat> the wideouts, uh, impressions there, and anybody that particularly stood out. I think he and Terry McLaurin are developing a nice connection, mm-hmm. so that's been good for them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, a couple of guys that would stand. I think. I think the rookie running back Chris Rodriguez looked pretty good when he was in there. Now, sometimes you have to remember, like they're not all, like some of those guys are not going always against the starters, right? But I think Chris Rodriguez has had a nice camp. I think he'll be able to help them. Um, so, like I thought, he did all right in terms of skill. But you have to look like Jahan Dotson. I think Curtis Samuel was doing a nice job. So those guys, I felt like, did what you would think they should do. Um, the Gravens are not as deep at corner, but I think that's also a good group of receivers. And the, you know what? Some of the things that I like when you go up against in these joint practices is that you're spending a couple of days against players that you may know, maybe you played against them, but it's different than going up against, like for Terry McLaurin, going up against a Kendall Fuller every day or, Terry, or Emmanuel Forbes. So now you're going to give it to, uh, he was going to up against a different style corner in at least on the first day in um, Humphrey for Baltimore. 
And so he's different. You know, he's a little bit more hands, a little bit more physical. But you've got to adjust on the fly. You've got to adjust that day. And I think it helps you for a lot of players because you're facing someone different, a different style that forces you to adapt to how do I handle this style. And you saw that with McLaurin against Marlon Humphrey on Tuesday, a couple of routes where he's like, you know, Terry was talking, oh, he's physical, he's physical. And so how do you adjust? Well, he did. And, like, that's the kind of stuff you want that you like to see how the practice, you know, helps them. And that was one way, too. So, but those guys are good. You know, I think they miss Logan Thomas. I think they need him in there. There's no doubt. I think Cole Turner is fine, but he's not Logan Thomas. Hmm. Um, and Thomas just presents such a big target for them. He's been sitting out with a calf injury, but they're going to need him to be productive this year. So, um, you know, I think, but the skill guys are good. I think that's a good group for them. Is there a timetable on Logan Thomas, John, that you know of? Don't know yet. And he just keeps saying abundance of caution, keeping him out. Hmm. And right. um, that's so right now we're in the abundance of caution phase. Um, and they don't have to tell us anything really about injuries, and they're not. They just say he's got a calf. And the one positive step for him is that he was out there the other day working on, the, on a side field, just kind of you know light work. But that's the first time we've seen him do that, and it was a step for him. So the goal for him, be ready for the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know when he'll come back. You know, he's not going to play in the preseason game against against the Baltimore on Monday. And they're not going to play him in the third preseason game, so he really just be ready for the season. Make sure the guy, this guy's ready, and you know that. So, so that's the best I could say. Is that's what we know right now. How much did the Commanders' defense go up against Lamar <clears throat> Jackson, and what did you see from him and their skill guys? Yeah, and that one was so. Yes, they went up against him a lot, and you know because here's. So I'll set the scene for you guys a little bit, and it's, it makes it hard to always get a great feel for everything that was going on. So they have two fields, and the things are going simultaneously, and you can't see everything. So I say that because I spent a lot of time watching the offense, wanting to see where are they at, how do they look. Is this, could, this, could Sam Howell be X guy, right? Can he be that guy? And I think he had a good camp. That's why I you know, I feel more comfortable talking about him because I watched him a lot. The defense, I was I was able to watch them, just not as much. So, you know, when when you're facing Lamar, too, one thing what we already know about Lamar is he can run. So, in practices, one thing I give him a lot of credit for is he doesn't run a lot in practice because he doesn't need to. He knows he can. The whole thing for him is throwing the ball. And so, the one day it looked like um, Washington defense did did pretty well I, but then a lot of times yesterday when I was looking up I'd see there's a deep ball there's like Emmanuel Forbes I think again I go back to how is this beneficial so I go back to Emmanuel Forbes facing a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. a bigger physical target and having to learn how to play I mean you're facing a really good quarterback and then a guy who's been a very good receiver in this league um, and I think they have a deep receiving core, which is good for him. So he has to learn that he can't always play off a guy the same way he did in college, trying to bait a guy into a throw because these guys have the arms that are going to get you in there and they can throw deep. You saw the recovery speed, the length helped him. Um, I think in some of the in, – in, so, so I don't have as great a report on the defense as much as – you know. and I think part of it too is, again, we know what they're going to be. And if you're not going to see Lamar run – then it's really hard to get a great feel for it. But I'd say it was 
I say they, I think this team in general held its own. Well, then let me go back to the offense for one more on the joint practice, and then we'll move on a little bit. Operationally, what did you see from the offense with, you know, Eric Bieniemy in charge with his loud voice out there, with his players adjusting to all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think they've been adjusting to that, and I don't see that as a huge issue for them. To me, like the, the demands that he puts on them, you need to see results. They need to know that this guy, once the season begins, is putting them in the right spots, et cetera. If he's doing that, then it's going to, you know, yeah, it's going to sometimes chafe a guy. Um, but, you know, if you get results, nobody can argue. And, but anyway, but as far as that right now, it's not an, not an issue right now. Fair enough. As far Fair as enough. the operation, right, as far as the operation goes, they did have some false starts up there. There was one sequence where they had like a false start followed by, I think it was a tackle for a loss, followed by a sack. Mm. Um, so there were some of those, you know, Baltimore has a, has a good defense. Yeah. But, so there were some of those. But, I, but what, I, what I would say that has worked well for them is they get to the line of scrimmage with good time left on the clock to see things. So, the, you know, if, if you're getting up there late, the play's not getting in in time, that's a deeper issue. We ha- I haven't seen a lot of that this summer, you know. So I think it's I think in that aspect it's been pretty good, considering it's new and you have a young quarterback. But that's something that Bienemy really stresses, like them getting up to the line, getting out of the huddle, get up to the line, so you can give him a little bit more time to read at the line of scrimmage, and then and maybe do some different, you know, maybe you know if you have to change a call or whatever it is. So that has been pretty good. But yeah, there were there were hiccups. There were some. You know, penalties and stuff, but again, that's a good defense they're facing. And then I think one thing they liked too is that there was, they kind of felt that the Ravens did a little bit more in terms of showing things defensively that where they, whereas they were maybe a little bit more vanilla on some stuff during some blitz periods. They liked how Howell handled those situations. And so, but again, I think overall, like, you know, for people worried about the offense, they didn't. They held their own, and that's a, that's a good sign for them. So we'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Well, it goes to Monday night's preseason game now against the Ravens. So what's next for the Commanders, John? We mentioned off today. What will the weekend look like? And uh, who are you expecting to play or not play on Monday night? So back tomorrow, Friday, I would I would guess it's going to be a lighter workout since they went in pads Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then I would expect them to be back in pads Saturday, day off Sunday, game Monday. As far as who's going to go or not go, you know, again, Logan Thomas, don't think so. The one I'm going to wonder about is Sadiq Charles. He missed Mm -hmm. some time. He missed the first preseason game with the calf injury and then was back this week but then had to leave practice early on Wednesday because of that calf injury, competing for the left, left guard spot. They, the coaches like him, he just got to stay healthy. So, you know, he would be one, and again, Logan Thomas would be the other. Oh, the other two to watch, Fedarian Mathis, defensive tackle. We saw him in a boot. on a, He had a boot on his left leg up to his knee. He has a calf injury. Not a good sign for him, but I don't know. You know, that it's a protective boot. So it's not like I don't know what that means as far as his status. I would be surprised if he played Monday, but as far as his status beyond that, and then Chase Young did not practice in the um, team drills on Tuesday and Wednesday, had this, a stinger in his neck in the Browns game, did individual work, was dressed out, had his helmet, et cetera, but did not participate in the contact stuff. 
So I don't know about his status, and we'll we'll learn more about that on Friday, um, and then see. But you know, another guy they need to get back out there. All right, last one for John Keim, ESPN, ESPN.com, John Keim Report. And I mentioned this earlier, John. Uh, we don't talk about this very much when we talk NFL teams, and you guys and gals don't write a whole lot about it. But another corporate partner came back to the commanders. Today. Yeah. Earlier in the week it was Verizon. Uh, now it's Anheuser-Busch. Big picture for Josh Harris and his group and where they hope to get on the business side. How impactful were those two announcements this week? Well, most reporters don't have to write about that stuff. We, we've written more about that than I'd probably like to. So, okay. just, so as a refresher for people, last March, March 2022, Anheuser-Busch announced that they were pulling out from the team, no longer sponsoring, longtime sponsor. Now, they never came out and publicly said that this is because of Dan Snyder, it's because of the investigation. But people with the team, that was their understanding. Like, that's what they believe is the reason why they pulled out. And it's a pretty easy one plus one equals two here. Now they did pull out from other teams, but my understanding is like the way at least certain people here understand is that they wanted to, they wanted to reduce some of their sponsorships. And this was an easy one because of all the stuff going on. Well, lo and behold, Josh Harris comes in July 20th. He he gets, he gets the gig. um, And then now less than a month later, guess who's back? I wonder if there's a connection. So, that's a big deal for them. That they, that was worth about $3 million per year the last time they had them. And I can't imagine it would be any less now. So that's, that's a, that's one of the things that I, I talked to Jason Wright in the, in the spring at the owners meetings in March, and this holds true. And, and one of the things he said, not just to me, but to others, like they really felt like once this went through that we, a lot of sweets would be easier. Sweets would be easier to sell. And I think that's definitely held true and that others would come back because they feel like they could be part of this again, and we've seen that this week. So Verizon was a new one. Budweiser coming back to me is a big deal, and I don't think it's going to be the last one, and I think they've got momentum because people are not afraid to be associated with this franchise once again. And that includes the governor of Virginia and the governor of Maryland, and those talks obviously will escalate. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other segment, man. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Next time. Next time we get you on. For now, we can say that we had this conversation on Verizon, and it's almost five o'clock, and you can go have an Anheuser Busch. And, you, and, 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 and enjoy your weekend. All right, Thank John. You thanks. Very much. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week or in the next couple of weeks as preseason comes to a close. Thank you. All right, there goes John Kime, and you can hear his John Kime report here on Sunday morning on 1061 ESPN, and follow him on ESPN and ESPN.com. All right, uh, 445, yeah, we're getting up to happy hour on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, Why don't we take the break here, and we'll come back and get you to 5 o'clock. Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN.